It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What a ball like, I'm Ant Waterson, joined as always by Gary Clark. How, how we doing? I'm doing well, man. And yourself? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit wet because it's been really, really bad weather up here. Like you know, for once, I think the northeast has managed to get the, the floods. Um, so been a bit, been a bit there, uh, been a bit hairy, but never mind. Um, but this is it is what it is. We're in winter, aren't we? So it happens. Um, and we're joined by uh, by Dan to have me at house. How are we doing, Dan? I'm all right. I'm all right. As I as I said, can't wait to get this World Cup out of the way for me and uh, crack on with momentum. But we shall see. Uh, we were meant to be joined by Lucy Ford, but understandably, Lucy's had a bit of a night last night, winning a, an FCA award. Um, so congratulations to Lucy and everyone at her game too. Uh, very well deserved award, and uh, we hope the hangovers aren't so bad. Um, but uh, let's let's crack straight on into it and World World Cup. Um, Gary, I'm going to ask, ask you this question first. We mentioned this on our Twitter space last week that nobody listened to and that we got a warning off Twitter for. <laughs> but Winter World Cup, it just doesn't feel the same, does it? Absolutely not. No, I mean, it's just, there's just no, like, there's no hype around it. You know, the, the web is minging, let's be honest. And, you know, you're ex- like, you expect it being like all the fan zones, you know, out in, in the pubs and stuff. Um, nice weather with England top on or whichever nation it is that you support and just like having a great time and I think you know what this one's in the winter um, it's around Christmas you know everyone's got loads of stuff on around Christmas as well like you know you've got to get your tree up you, you see family do stuff with family and friends you know Christmas office nights out and 
this one is just at the same time it's marred with controversy as well due to like the human rights record the stadiums aren't even built people have died building the stadiums clear corruption on fifa's end as well it just it doesn't feel like a welcome i mean what dan had said uh, dan said before was just right for me um you know let's get this out of the way and you know get back to momentum like obviously that's on a burnley end burnley end but you know we came off the bat of a win as well as a Sunderland fan um so yeah let's just get back to it i mean i've I don't feel like after this World Cup is going to be a World Cup for the ages, in my honest, honest opinion, due to the the controversy before it, and it's just chaos. Um, what's going on at the moment? Yeah, I mean, Dan, I'll ask you this, and Gavin brings up a great point that obviously, you know, the the the, the, the biggest thing you look forward to a World Cup is it's after the season's finished. You know, it's something to break up the the three month of pre season. You're looking forward to a World Cup or a Euros. But with this, it just it's look, it's the back end of, of of the winter where the season is now starting to really take shape. You look at what Burnley are doing, Burnley at top of the league, playing really well, come off a derby win, and now you gotta wait, you know, four or five weeks for your club to play again. It just doesn't feel particularly right. No, it doesn't. Um and to be fair, the fact that this World Cup's come about and then they're thinking Oh well, we can we can just curtail the Premier League, but yet the Championship and everybody else still has to carry on. What about those teams that have got, you know, players still out there in the World Cup? Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming back at the quarter-final stages, play, you know, playing league football, and we two or three players short. So, you know, I can I can understand from a club perspective, it's a bit like, you know, a bit of a shoddy situation, shall we say? But yeah, a Winter World Cup for me just doesn't it just doesn't sit right. It's it's feels weird after everything with you know the dreaded covid and stuff and that putting a stop to seasons and st- it, this almost just feels like an hindrance and if we were to go on and win this let, let's be honest could we could we as england fans go around going oh well we won it in qatar when a lot of people are like nah I, you know I abolish the th- the fact that it's in qatar it's almost like if you win this it means nothing but if you win it somewhere else it does yeah it's it's kind of like even even like even like the the three lines song you barely heard, have you? You know you hear more Christmas music now than than that. It's just that it's everyone's looking forward to Christmas, and this just feels like it just feels like a hindrance. Um, it really does. You know it's curtailed a lot of people's seasons. You you look at like I guess we've mentioned Burnley before, who are well on top. But you look at like Newcastle United, for instance. And I mean Newcastle, the third in the league, absolutely flying. And now we've got to wait, well, five weeks to play again. And their momentum is automatically just being destroyed, hasn't it? You know, there's they're going, they're starting the season again. You know, the likes, you know, who wants to have a good season in, in, in the uh, Premier League. Brighton, for instance, who have just got a new manager and trying to learn a little bit more about, you know, the way they play. And now they run out half the squad because they're, they're going to a World Cup. It's, it's just, it's mad. And Gary's mentioned, obviously, the human rights stuff and everyone, you know, everyone will have their own opinion about that. But for me, this this World Cup is just—I don't think it's one that's going to be remembered for, you know, for the age. I don't think it's going to be one of them ones. I think in, in two years' time, we're going to be thinking, who won that again? You know, and, and that's it's the controversy as well. The one. There's already controversy surrounding it. I mean, yeah. you've seen the fact that you've seen interviews being done by English media and Qatari people coming up and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't film." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got accreditation. You're hosting a World Cup as a major city. Or country, sorry. Um, you know, it, it's it's madness. And then you see the fan parks. Honestly, I'm a celeb looks cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's potholes as well outside the stadiums. As well, isn't it? The stadiums aren't fully made, yes. 
like there's potholes everywhere. It looks like a build. It looks like basically my building site where my house is at the minute, like outside the stadium. Yeah, it's 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 mad. It's mad, and you know, but but you know, there's a lot of people you know high up who are lining the pockets, and you know that that at the end of the day, that's what that's what FIFA is, isn't it? But let's let's just let's let's go into it. That's I know we have to we have to guys. I'm sorry. Um, you know, we could probably do a whole hours podcast all about why it shouldn't be on, but it is on. And you know we kick off on Sunday with what's going to be an absolute crackerjack of a game: Qatar versus Ecuador. Um, if you can, if you can't tell, I am being very sarcastic. But let's go through Group A. We'll start with you, Gary. Um, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. For me, obviously, Sadio Mane has just been ruled out yeah. with a leg injury, so he's not going to be playing. For me, it's the Netherlands and one of. I, I can't see any other any other team really challenging the Netherlands for that group. I think they're going as comfortable group winners. Don't know about you. Yeah, I would agree. I I would say if Mane was fit, Senegal could have put a, made up a press for you know to win that group. Like I did say in our in our chat when we were talking about it, like I would have quite fancied Senegal as maybe as an outsider due to the climate. Um, I think that they like Senegal and maybe African and South American countries will adjust better than maybe you know your, your France, your Denmark, um, you know England even. Um, so. For them to lose Mane, that's that's a massive blow. Don't get me wrong, they've still got a lot of ability in that team, but he's their talisman, he's their creative player. Um, they needed him, and I think you know that is a, a big blow for them. Netherlands, the thing is with Netherlands is I really like Netherlands, have for years. However, they can't play as a team. That's the problem. They play as individual players. They just cannot build it together and build team unity. They look better now in recent times. You know, Louis van Gaal has, has done a great job there. Um, they've got a really good defence on paper. Um, I think they're struggling in the goalkeeping area because they haven't really got any young upstart goalkeeper coming through. They're, they're relying on, I, I can't even remember who the goalkeeper is. It might be Jerson Zouet, but I haven't even looked at the team. But they've got some good defenders, they've got some good attackers, and they've got some good midfielders. I mean, they've got Depay, who is still a great player. They've got Cody Gapko. They've got Javi Simons, who, you know, that's going to be his first major tournament. He's 19 years old, and I do think he's going to be one to watch, if I'm being honest. But even if you look at the defence, they didn't take Sven Botman, who, let's be honest, has been in quite good form for Newcastle. But he's not going to get a game above Van Dijk, De Ligt, and De Vridge. And then they've got Dumfries at right back. On paper, they've got a good team, and they should easily win that group. I don't really see Ecuador doing much. I do like that Saicedo who plays for Brighton. I think he's a good player and I think he'll put himself in the shop window for January. Liverpool are interested. But don't see them doing much and I don't see Qatar doing literally anything. I mean, they're there on merit, obviously, because the World Cup's in Qatar, but... They'll they'll go. Also, they're not that they're, they're not there on merit though. They're because of the horse. You know what I mean? It's the head, but they're because of the horse gunnery. Yeah, I thought I'm qualified. Yeah, yeah that's you know what I mean? mean. That's what I mean. They're there because yeah. the, the, they've hosted the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, Dan, how much are you looking forward to Qatar versus Ecuador starting up this World Cup? And and are you agreeing with us too that Netherlands are going to walk that group? Yeah, Netherlands should walk that group. Um, obviously, Sunday huge game. Um, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, again, another thing card with, contro- uh, with controversy because they're talking about, you know, um, eight Ecuadorian players being bribed with seven point some million dollars to chuck the game one nil in the second half. <laughs> it's like, honestly, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't see the point in it. Do not see the point in it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, cheeky five on Qatar, you know, just in case. <laughs> 
Netherlands, Netherlands should uh, should take this. As I said, you know, I, I do still think Senegal will have a chance, just because even if Mane is injured, as you said, that voice in the dressing room again, similar to us with Jordan Henderson, I don't think he's going to get much time at us, and he'll be a, he's going to be that leader in the dressing room. Um, so yeah, just th- just having that voice in there could be a bit of a bit of a voice of reason for Senegal. But yeah, uh, Qatar. I mean, you're hosting it. Well done. Put on put on a spectacle before you kick a ball, because when you start kicking a ball, you're going to get shown up, even by Ecuador. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's not a great game to start the World Cup. And I think you know we're all we're all looking forward to you know Monday when when England do kick it off. We'll, we'll go into England's group, Dan. I'll I'll, I'll uh, keep with you on this one. You know, it's England, Iran, United States, and Wales. I think I think it's 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 kind of fed us and Wales quite well, hasn't it, that we play each other last? Because I'm fully expecting both us and Wales to beat Iran in the United States. So, for me, I'm saying England and Wales. I'm not sure which in which way around, because uh, I think Wales will give us a game, but they're, they're probably the, the two in that one. Probably expecting England to probably come out of that as group winners. Um, I'd like to think so, but the, the way we've been playing in the uh, Nations League, it, it worries me a little bit. Yes, it's probably the first time we're going into a tournament as underdogs, Instead of thinking we're going in there with all this, it's coming home and all that jazz. You know, let's not rule out Iran. Let's not rule out Iran because I, I think they've got um, Sadar Azmoun, I think, who plays up front for Bayer Leverkusen. Aye. Decent forward. And uh, Tarimi from Porto. Um, to be fair, I think they did pretty well in the last tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they they weren't too bad in there, um, but they, they're my outsiders for this group because I don't know how we are going to take to, like Gary said earlier, the heat, um, the adapting to new surroundings. I, yes, okay, the stadiums are meant to be air-conditioned. Chris, so are hotel rooms and you still sweat like my yeah. dog. So <laughs> it's... You'd still expect England to do something and walk the group. But for me, I'd keep an eye on Iran. I would keep an eye on Iran. I think USA are going to be the ones that could end with uh, nil pois. It's a shame as well, Gary, because like, I, I always, obviously, I remember my first World Cup. I wasn't quite old enough to remember 1990. So my first one was 94. And I've always had like a kind of soft spot for the American national team since then, just because, you, you know, there was a host nation that went wild, you know, Diana Ross kicking the ball, missing a penalty in the goal, breaking up, all that stuff. Was just mint as an eight-year-old kid watching that, you know what I mean? I just, I just remember nearly everything about that World Cup. But, you know, the, the decline of the American national sides, obviously, you know, they've still got, you know, Rainer, who I think is a good player, but I, I'm in agreement with Dan. I do think they'll finish bottom of the group, and it is just a shame for eight-year-old me, I think. I honestly don't think they will. I think they might surprise you. Um, I mean, the, there is a massive blow to their camp. I mean, Weston McKenney did stub his toe yesterday, like, bless him, in a press conference. So, um, you know, that's a massive blow. Press but conference, I, he did it. Uh, he, did, he did it in press conference. You see the video on Instagram where his face is, like, literally, ah. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm going to have to find that later on. Oh, it's literally so funny, man. I'll send you it on Instagram. It's so funny, his face. Um, I think they might do okay because they do have some, you know, they have some key pieces like Pulisic, Reina. Um, is Reina actually there? I thought Reina was injured. Yeah, 
I think he's there, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Eunice what, Musa, he he's there as well, but he was an Arsenal player a while ago, and then he went to Valencia and kind of, you know, made his name. I think he's got about 19, 20 caps um, for United States. And let's not forget, they've got Brendan Aronson, you know, who's been class for Leeds. So on paper, they do have some all right players. I think they might do okay. Uh, I don't really see Iran doing much, if I'm being honest. There's talk that uh, Asmaun might um, get banned because um, he spoke out about the protests uh, in regards to what happened a few weeks ago with um, uh, Masha Amini. Um, I think she, uh, she was killed um, as part of a protest. Um, so I think he might get banned. So that could be very interesting if he doesn't play, but he is an all right player. Wales, I mean, if they've got Kiefer Moore up front, they can always cause a problem, if I'm being honest. And then, obviously, we've got us. I think the reason we were in such bad form in the Nations League is because of Channel 4's coverage. It was just like literally watching paint dry. I think Southgate will pick, a, he'll pick the right team, and I think we'll get out the group as winners. But I'm not expecting England to... Uh, play brilliant football and I'm not expecting us to make it past the quarters if I'm being honest there's just something about that team which I'm just not sure about yeah Gio Reina is in the squad I've just yeah. double checked um, as is Josh Sargent who's the least American looking person I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I thought he was like British <laughs> British 1960s kind of player <laughs> never mind um, Dan we haven't really spoke to you about the squad about England squad I mean was there anyone there that you know you feel should be there obviously there's been this issue with Ivan Tony, who's you know um, being charged with you know better infringement so that's probably the reason why he's not there but um, you know Gary brought up that you know tomorrow he probably should have gone um, yeah. was there anyone in there that you were kind of thinking would have made it and hasn't um, I totally agree <clears throat> with the Tamori admission I think he should be in there I you know what I agree to an extent with Mourinho as well. You know, when he said about how Tammy Abraham, you know, went for a bit of a bad patch. All players, if you're going to talk about a player going for a bad patch, why have you, t- why have you took Slabhead? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're talking about players going through bad patches, look at the players that you see week in, week out on your own turf. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sending people out to Roma all the time to watch him 24-7. So, for me, I think he should... Uh, he should have been in, in there as well. Uh, I don't get the Conor Cody one because apparently not good enough to play in a back four at Wolves, goes to Everton, plays in a back four, semi-works. But when match of the day at the beginning of the season were constantly going on about, and I'm, and I'm saying this without claret-tinted spectacles, uh, for me, if you're going to pick any Everton centre-back, Tarkowski. it would be Tarkowski, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think he, he should be in there as well. I, I'd yeah, they, they, for me, they're the, they're the main ones. I, I don't understand why Trent's in there either, to be fair, because even Liverpool fans don't rate him. And he's a, and he's a, is he English or is he Scouse? Make your mind up. <laughs> he's, he's a fit right back, though. I think that's the only reason why he's going. But if Reese James had been fit, I don't think he's on the plane at all. Um, it's, it's just obviously because um, he's, he's a right back and he's fit. There's only him and Trippier. And, and, and there's talk that Trippier's going to be starting left back. So it's like, <laughs> it's just mad. It's mad. Um, but yeah, I mean, Let's go into Group C. Um, Gary, I'll start with you on this, and obviously we'll not mention the um, nine-letter word that I came up with on Spaces last week. Um, but we've got Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. I think, though, that's quite an interesting group. Obviously, I don't think, obviously, the Saudis I think are going to lose every game. But Argentina, Mexico, Poland, 
pick us two out of them three. You know, I think all three of them have got chances to go through to the second round. I think that's, that's one of the groups that I'm quite looking forward to, being, to, to watch, to be honest. Well, I'll start with Argentina. Um, when we talked about it last week, um, I don't think you can ever rule out a South American side going into this kind of World Cup where the climate is going to probably favour in Argentina to Brazil, African nations teams. I think it's going to favour them. But... Yes, Argentina have Lionel Messi and he's one of the greatest players to ever live. If you look at their team though, a lot of their team is over 30. I think they'll run out of legs very quickly. Yes, they do have some you know, key players like I think uh, you know, Larauto Martinez up front. You know, he's 25 year old. He's probably the future for Argentina as far as a goal, as far as a goal scorer goes along with Alvarez. Um, I think they'll run out of legs and I think they'll run out of legs really quickly. I think they will get out of the group. I have a feeling they won't get out of the group as first. I think they'll get out of the group second. Something's telling me that Poland will go through as group winners. Um, because on paper, they've still got a good team. They've still got one of the most elite forwards in the, in the world, in Lewandowski. And they, they can still pose you know, a, a good threat. So I can see them going through as winners. Again, I wouldn't rule out you know Mexico maybe you know, springing a surprise. Um Saudi's not going to do anything, in my honest opinion. Um, they've got a kind of good centre-back, but they don't really offer anything else. So they, they'll obviously be rock bottom. I can see Mexico finishing third, only just Argentina second, and Poland going through top. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you know, you brought, you brought up Lewandowski there, Dan. I'll, I'll bring you into this. Um, great striker, one of the, probably the best you know forwards in the world, probably one of the best finishers you know in the last 20-30 years, but never quite done it on you know, a world stage as he's always struggled in the Euros, struggled at World Cups. I think this is going to be easier. Um, do you think he will get Poland through? It has to be. I think you're looking at this could potentially be one of his last tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a few people. Uh, Andreas Guardado at Mexico, he's, he's been there, done that sort of in terms of you know players being the biggest name for the nation, the best thing about Lewandowski for me, obviously, I've got to, I've got to say, is the, uh, the the ash cloud that stopped him from going to Blackburn. To be fair, but uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, I had to bring that up. Uh, but he's a top quality player, you know. Through through COVID, as I said, it, you know, he he was well on course to get the Ballon d'Or. Um, he he was. You know that season that it, that the football stopped. He were, you know, as as on for it. But it, it's Poland's. This is last chance saloon for me for Poland. Uh, Gary said it's spot on. Argentina, you've, you South American teams. It does favour them. Um, it, I, I can't put it any better than what Gary did. He took the words out of my mouth. To be fair. Mm. But so it could also, you know, bring it play it in Mexico's hands, can't it? You know, and they're, they're always a team. I think at the World Cup with Mexico, they're they're a team of surprise, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I think out of that group, they're the spoilers. You know, um, I think a lot of people probably expect Argentina to yeah. but um, we'll move on. We'll move very swiftly on to Group D. Um, Dan, I'll start with you on this group. It's France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, probably another spoiler in there. Maybe Tunisia, but being an African nation side, used to the used to the heat, can adapt quickly to the heat. But not looking past France, Denmark, good side. Uh, great to see Christian Eriksen in the squad. Um, you know, after what happened at the Euros, and, he, and he's to be fair, he's in form for Man United and and poor Australia, who I don't think anyone's given a mention. But decent group that I think. 
Yeah, really decent group. France France are going to be growers in this competition. I think they're going to start off quite slow. I think they're going to look at the teams around them and think, right, this we could sort of walk this by not even, you know, getting in, uh, coming out of second for that first gear. So, you know, we saw what Denmark are capable of, capable of and that was without Christian Eriksen. So having him in there, um, I think will make them stronger. And I say this, and I said it before when he came back, a lot of people with what's happened to Eriksen as well are going to be a little bit standoffish when it comes to him having the ball because they don't want to be the player that could potentially not send him back into that, but, you know, could be a threat sort of thing. So I think people will be a little bit standoffish of him, which is another reason why I think they may create quite a good few opportunities in this and be quite high on the stats in that. But this has got France topping this group, as I said, growing into it when they realise that they're not in an easy group. It's got Group D and I think it's the next group as well um, that could potentially have a few uh, surprise packages. Gary, what, what's your thoughts on the group? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking France and Denmark. I think it's an all-Europe uh, two to go through. But again, like I say, Tunisia, the the use of the hot weather, obviously saw Australia as well. But I just think these two have got enough to uh, to see the to see the other two off. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Tunisia, and it's going to be quite a short one. You know, they've got Wabi Kazri, um, legend. Um, he's playing the squad, mate. <laughs> Wabi Kazri. Oh, no, yes, he is. He yes, is. he he's is. He's at the bottom. There he is. Uh, <laughs> All right, Mint. All right, I want them to get to him. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the team, to me, they only have a couple of players who can cause problems. There's that guy in midfield, uh, Shagiri, who plays for Colin. Um, he's got a bit of ability about him. Hannibal, he was shite against us. Like I don't see, you know, the fascination around Hannibal Medry. Um, looking at the rest of the team, there's no one there who even plays in in a good side. Um, all four of their goalkeepers play in Tunisia. That I don't even know who any of them are. If I'm being honest, and I just don't see them do anything. I think they'll go out rock bottom. Uh, the Aussies um, third. At the, there's not much in their team unless BRI pops up with a, a last minute header that's going to get them through maybe fingers crossed um, I don't see them doing much uh, I think the the only way Australia will ever do well is if Gus Hiddick's managing them because he's the only one that's ever done really well with Australia before um, Denmark I really like Denmark's team um, I like Hoiberg massive fan of him I think you know he, he is a key component in that team because he sits back he protects the defence you can't rule out how good Simon Kier is. He always seems to turn up at the tournament, um, regardless of whether or not he's playing club uh, for club at the moment. Uh, Christian Eriksen, fantastic story. He's gonna he's gonna be back. He's for the World Cup. And to be fair, he's not in. He's uh, playing okay for Man United as well. So he's going in with some all right form. Obviously coming off the back of scoring a goal at the weekend as well and getting an assist for uh, Garnacho. The France team. It's, it's a shame that Nkuku isn't going because he's probably one of the most informed French players at the moment as far as the, the younger generation go. Camavinga's in the team, which is good. Benzema just came off the bat of a Ballon d'Or. So, you know, I, I agree kind of kind of with Dan. I think France might start slow, but I can honestly, honestly see Benzema being um, top goal scorer in this tournament. I think he's he will start off slow, but then I think he's going to really come into his own once he finds his foot in. The team on paper is still a good team, even if they haven't, even if they have missed out on maybe taking Pogba, who does seem to 
you know, turn up for France, but you know, that's when he wants to play. I think the last time he played was two thousand and four or something. Um but I think yeah, France group winners and I think Denmark will go through second. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 agreeing with that. I think uh, honestly Denmark are my surprise packages for the tournament to be honest. Just looking at the squad there, I'm like, yeah, they're they're gonna do something. Um yeah, it'd be them and France in, in either order, I think. Uh, right, group A, Gary, we'll stay with you. This is probably the best group of the tournament, I think. We've got Spain, uh Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. I think all four of them sides uh, have got something about them. You know, obviously, you know, the Spanish always do well at these big tons. No one no one's speaking of them now. They're under, they're right under the radar. You know, Germany, you know, always efficient, always, you know, bring a good squad and always click at World Cups. Um Japan are never gonna stop running and in this heat, you know, their fitness is gonna come in. And then we've got, you know, Costa Rica who probably are the surprise the surprise package of, of, of the year of the four. But they've got an all right squad. When you look at their squad, it's not bad. So this has got potential of being, you know, there could be a surprise that comes out of this group. One of the big sides, like Germany or Spain, might miss out on this. So I'm going to start with Costa Rica. They're going to go through as group winners and win the World Cup. <laughs> Dewey's uh, going to get in the ballot. They're <laughs> going to win the uh, top scorer, isn't he? <laughs> big Dewey, I big Dewey. I can't wait for my shirt to come, like. Um, no, seriously, seriously. But um, Kayla Navas, you know what, he's like 55 or something now, but, you know... Again, still in the lead keeper. Um, you know, he's he's kinda he shouldn't Donnarumma out last season. Um I think he played more games than Donnarumma. Can't rule out that Navas's experience is key in that side. Jusin Burnett, eighteen years old, has the number nine shirt and he has that number nine shirt for a reason and he's he's in that team for a reason because there is ability there. Um, you wouldn't think it if you saw him on YouTube, like, because that video I saw was shocking, but you know, I have like a like a, a weird love for the lad. I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to become a cult hero for us. Josie Alvitor looked like a world beater on YouTube, though, and he was awful. So, you know, <laughs> just, don't, just don't believe everything you see. Very good point. Very good point. But no, I could see him uh, spring a surprise, if I'm being honest with you. Like, I really could. Um, the Spain team, no real surprises there. I think we're going to see the best of uh, Gavi, because, you know, he, he's probably one of the future big, big time players for Spain. Pedri as well. Uh, surprising with the goalkeepers though Unai Simon, David Raya and Robert Sanchez I'm surprised De Gea didn't get in there because to be honest he has been in alright form for Man United Sorry, I honestly think he's been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this year if you if you watch Man United from Man United's game they're playing Fulham at the weekend and he single-handedly kept them a point you know I'm amazed he's not going to the World Cup amazed I, he isn't I feel somebody like somebody on the Spain uh, national team sent him a message apparently over the last coming days saying uh, really wish you could have come with us to this tournament or something good luck on your retirement from national football Oof. and not retired from national football <laughs> mad <laughs> so they've already fallen I mean Dan I'll stick this with you as Spain are under the radar aren't they in this group but this is this is the group to watch and this out of all of out of all the groups this could have every single game could be a classic, I think, with all four of these yeah. sides. Yeah, this is one that's going to go in down to the last, you know, the last games, and it could be there's going to be twists and turns with who goes in front. You know, does a team pull it back? You know, it's going to be a constant chopping and changing between one to four. I think. Well, I don't know if I'm giving Costa Rica a chance, um, but Spain have sort of got that good mix of youth and, you know. Um, Trusty, the, the trusty age, the trusty age players, the, the go-to players, shall we say, um, 
you know, Germany, again, similar to what I said about France, we see them grow in tournaments. They sort of try to work out the teams that are in and around them. Mus- uh, is it Musiala? I think he's going to be uh, quite a big one in midfield for Germany as well. Um, Yusufa Makoko from Borussia Dortmund. Again, th- these are players that are full of potential. Kareem Adeyemi as well. Um, you've got as well. Yeah, yeah. They, this, these are teams with a, a ton of class, an absolute ton of class. And then, okay, you've got Japan. You've got Tommy Yasu. Fair enough. Give him his due. Ripping it up at Arsenal. Um, Yoshida. I mean, I'm surprised he's still knocking about. <laughs> In regards um, to Japan, right, how the hell is Daniel Schmidt Japanese? <laughs> well, it's like Matty Cash being, being from Poland. It's mental. Man. Just there needs to be some family line, won't there, where, where they are, where, where, where they are. I mean, but, I mean, like, I, I made a point before about Japan, it could all be fitness, Gary, couldn't it? You know, we've seen at World Cups where they just do not stop running for 90 minutes, and that could play into, a, play into effect against, you know, say, a tyre in Spain side or a tyre in Germany side where they might just pop up with an equaliser and really spoil this group. I think I honestly cannot wait to watch Group A. That's that's the one I'm looking forward to. Probably I'll, I'll, I'll probably look forward to watch this group more than England's group, to be honest. I I'll probably say as well like that. That's probably the best group on paper. I mean, there's some exciting games there when you look at it. Um, I I think I, I hate to say it because obviously the England rivalry with Germany, but I think Germany might go all the way to the final. That team on paper is class, and I remember back. What two years ago in, in our group chat when I mentioned players like Eddie Amy and Bella Chapman, I remember our friend Simon saying I need to stop naming them hipster players. But then if you look at Amy and Kachapa in the team now, um, they're gonna they're gonna rebuild because they've got such a good youth set up, and I really think they'll go far. I'm very surprised Goosens isn't in the team, like, and they took David round, but I know he's a big, uh, he's a like he's got Hansi Flick's a big fan of him, so. It's not surprising that Round's in that team, but I'm surprised to take Goosens because I think Goosens can add a lot of the left, which was a bit of a strange one. Um, Japan, you're right, they do have the legs. Um, so I think they could swing a surprise, but at the same time, I think the same about Costa Rica. So it's going to be a very interesting group to watch. Like, come on, Dewey. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go into Group F. Um, Gary, staying with you, um, we've got Belgium, uh, Canada, you know, I think it's probably Canada's first World Cup, or it's the first one I can remember them being in, uh, Morocco and Croatia. Um, something like Belgium and Croatia again, but again, Morocco are going to be one of those sides who are used to the conditions, you know, um, and Canada, I'm, I'm sure they'll enjoy every minute of it. You know, I'm, I'm not 100% certain they'll win a game, might not even get a point, but they'll enjoy every minute. But I want to go into Belgium a little bit because they are going to eventually have to win a tournament. Is this the year for them? Honestly, no. I really don't think it is. Um, I feel like as good as Belgium are and the amount of good players they have, I, I feel like they're just always going to be that team that will fall short. Um, in a way, granted, yes, Argentina have won World Cups, but they kind of always fall short in recent history. Um, I feel Belgium move the same. Croatia, aging team as well. Yeah. They always seem to play well, though, and Modric is 30-odd year old, but he still plays like he's 23. Um, actually, to be fair, he just gets better and better with age, to be honest. 
Um, so he'll add a lot of creativity to that Croatian team, but again, I don't see much in it. Morocco will probably have one of the best keepers in Europe at the moment. Um, I do feel like he will put himself in the shot window and probably not be at Sevilla next season. I really honestly think, and I'm either going to regret this or it's going to be good shout Gary, but I think Canada's going to go through, you know. I really do. I really do. Oh. On paper, they've got Alfonso Davies, rapid, absolutely rapid, loads of energy. They've got a winger called Tejon Buchanan, who is only 22, 23 year old, um, rapid. I feel like they're going to have the energy, they're going to have the legs, they're going to cause some problems. They've got Jonathan David as well, who has recently been linked with Newcastle. Um, and they've got a, a you know a good central midfielder. Uh, I can't pronounce his name though, Stephen Estequio. There is some ability in there. They're all under the age of twenty six in essence. I feel like they're going to cause an issue and they're going to be a surprise package. So I'm going to put it out there. I think they're going to go through. All right, okay. I Ilbo was in there as well. Who was a legend on FM? Just to uh, just to put his name out there, Dan. I mean, Gary's dropped that bombshell with Canada. How how are you seeing them, and obviously how are you seeing Morocco with uh, Burnley being represented? Yeah, um, like what Gary said again. They're used to playing in the heat. They'll uh, they'll not be here just to make up the numbers. They'll want to give it a give it a good shot. Uh, I look at Belgium though. It's last chance saloon. Yeah. You look at you look at the squad that England have had, Beckham, Gerard, Lampard, that sort of era that technically with those sort of players we should have gone on and won something. This is their time now. Otherwise you've got De Bruyne who's getting who's now in his thirties. You, you know, Axel Witzel's knocking on a bit. But Tongan and Alderweireld at the back are definitely back in the, you know, mid thirties. Um so and I mean, you say something when you've got Courtois in there and Castiles, but you've had to call Mignolet up. I mean, Mignolet is in form, like he's in form for for Bruges. Uh, kept five, cleared two titles, six in Champions League group stages. I suppose that's not too bad. Then he's found he's found a club that's found his level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Legend at Sunderland. Legend at Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canada, Canada. Um, I think they've got a. A chance again, as Gary says, Alfonso Davis is absolute. Just he's rapid, absolutely yeah. rapid. Ike Ubo, uh, another player who's got bags of pace up top. But for me, I'm going to say Morocco are my surprise shout in this group over Canada, and I'm not just saying that because of Anas Sarori. Um I do think that, like I say, the Heat. The uh, players that they've got in that side as well, um, Yasin Buna, as Gary said again. Gary, you've been proved right quite a bit tonight. I'll, I'll give you that. How, <laughs> how do you mean? I'm just, I'm just agreeing with everything you've said so far. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but you know, you've got that. You've got Elias Chair at QPR. His attacking prowess is decent. Hakimi. Ziyech is going to go out there with a point to prove. We're not getting yeah. much game time at Chelsea as well. So Hakimi yeah, as well, Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, did, I didn't want to mention Leeds. <laughs> it's another group, though, isn't it? Where I think any one of these four, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm willing to be, you know, talk, talked over with Canada. But it's another one of these groups that we're looking at it, and probably all four can realistically get out of it. You know, if someone surprises Belgium early on, you, you never know. Uh, you know, Croatia. 
Not sure about. I agree with that. The squad's age, and then you've got younger squads and kind of Morocco who probably can can do it. So it's another another interesting group, I think. It is massive, massive group. Um, anyone could go on and win it. I just, okay. yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm uh, for me. I'm if my overall winner, I'm going to give it to Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we've just got enough to get out of that group. But let's have a look at Group G, which is another interesting group, actually. Dan, we'll stick with you on this one. Uh, we've got Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Again, I'm not I'm not overly sure about the Cameroon uh, squad. I haven't, I haven't seen that on paper yet. But, you know, Switzerland have really improved in the last few tournaments where they've, they've become, you know, kind of, you know, making the numbers up. But they've been getting out of groups. They've, they've shot some sides, got a good squad. You know, Serbia, you always know what you get with Serbia. They're going to be rough. They're going to be ready. They're going to be, you know, really up for this tournament. And then you've got the pre-tournament favourites in Brazil, who I think all of the, the stars are aligning with them, with their squad, look a good squad. Um, you know, like I said, they were favourites for a reason. Um, I think this is this is another really interesting group. But again, you know, probably three out of the four would fancy the chances of getting into the next round. Yeah, of course. You know, he says something about the, the bulk of quality that Brazil have got when they're having to say no to Firmino. Um, players of that calibre, they're just having to basically say, you know, nah, you're not making it. Um, again, like you said about the Swiss, you know, the re-emergence of Granit Xhaka, going from sod Arsenal, I'm done with this, I want out the door, to being, you know, he's captain in Switzerland, he's been an absolute formidable midfield maestro um, at club level. As much as he's a bit of a hothead, him in that Switzerland side is going to be huge. Um, Cameroon, as much like you say, their team, I'm not even going to pronounce it because it looks, it's just half of the players I mean Zambo in Guisa I remember him playing in the Premier League at one point um, Brian Umbuemo at Brentford um, oh George's Kevin Uncudu that played for Burnley at one point he's in there but ex-representative <laughs> yeah sort of um, but yeah Cameroon yeah I mean Onana what's my name Andre just checked um so he, he, he he's in there. Um, Serbia, though. Uh, no, sorry. Going back to Switzerland, Brelan Bolo, another uh, another sort of youngish player that hasn't really gone out and made a name for himself. He, he, he sort of did, and then it sort of stagnated, and he's he's found a bit of form at Monaco. Serbia, Serbia, the ones for me are a bit of a dark horse because you Mitrovic. I mean, what can I say about him? We all thought he was just going to be a one-season wonder. And he's now proven it in the Premier League, mm -hmm. something we never thought he could do. You know, uh, Vlahovic at Juventus, Tadic at Ajax, Lukijovic at Fiorentina. Um, there is players in there that have got class. And if it can gel they've got a very good chance of cementing that second spot. But I, th I do think it's going to be between the Swiss and the Serbs for second. And, yeah, I mean, you can't not look past Brazil topping it. No, no. Brazil are favourites for a reason, Gary, aren't they? Um, you know, the, the, like I say, the company's turned on a little bit of form. Pick, I think they've picked a good squad. And as Dan says there, I think they thought they the likes of Firmino. Well, they're, they're on to a winner, aren't they? They're, that's a, they're probably the reason why the favourites are they're the ones to probably knock off, aren't they? 
Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. And again, going back to climate, climate's going to suit them. But one of the players that you didn't mention there, um, besides Firmino, is a brilliant informed defender in Gabriel Mangales. I mean, he'll be a bit devastated to miss out, like, in all honesty. Um, but, you know, that's the selection headache you have with Brazil at the moment. Um, they've, the, I feel like they've picked a good squad. Um, they've got a lot of good players in there, you know. Hopefully, Anthony doesn't start spinning namesake. Anthony doesn't start doing around the world again like an idiot because I don't think he's. Played. Oh, he does. I've got no problem with him doing that at all. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's fantastic. I just thought it was just too much personally, but I'm not against showboating to be honest. But like, yeah, um, Brazil are easily going to dominate that group in my honest opinion. Serbia and Switzerland. It's definitely going to be a toss up between those two for uh, second place. One player I am going to highlight for Switzerland who I think might be. A little bit of a cheeky surprise package is Noah Okafor. So he's 22 years old, um, plays for Salzburg. Wouldn't surprise us if he's at Leeds soon because he'll be a Jesse Marsh favourite. But his record for Salzburg, granted, he's not playing in the greatest league, is really good. I think he's got a lot of ability about him. Um, you know, the, as Dan said, the emergence of Xhaka, like he's playing probably the best football I've seen him play in, in a long, long, long time. They've got ability. Um, Cameroon don't really offer that much. However, again, going back to climate, uh, African team, it may suit them against maybe the Serbs, for example. Um, I do think it's going to be quite an interesting group to watch, if I'm being honest. But Brazil go through as winners, and I reckon Serbia second. Okay, and, and on to the final group, Gary, I'll, I'll stick with you on that one. Um I do apologise because I've just lost me, uh, <laughs> lost me tables with all with all of the uh, groups. So there we go. Right, well, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Again, I, 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 I'm literally looking at all four of these teams, thinking who am I picking? Uh, obviously, Portugal. You know, you've you've got the the, the question of what Ronaldo is going to do um, and how the especially the likes of Bruno Fernandes are going to play with Ronaldo. Um, you know, Ghana, again, you're probably used to the heat and and have always kind of, ever since they came into, you know, the first the first World Cup they were in when everyone fell in love with them, you know, and, and the, the playing Uruguay again, and obviously it was Luis Suarez who, you know, tipped the ball over the ball, I took it into a penalty shootout. Um, so that's going to be, I think that's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be a proper grudge game, that. And South Korea, you know, obviously with, with Young Sung Min, who has made it, you know, it's... Um, it's a good group, that one, Gary. I think I think that's a, a, re- a one that's open for um, a lot of debate of who's going to go through. I totally agree. And I'm going to, again, make another wild, wild prediction slash theory. I don't think Portugal's going to go through in that group. I think the whole Ronaldo stuff is going to mar their mentality. I mean, if you watch them training, Cancelo wants nothing to do with him. Bruno Fernandes wants nothing to do with him. You can tell he looks like a bit of an odd part. I don't even think he trained yesterday. Apparently, he had a stomach bug, apparently. Apparently. I feel, I honestly see this happening. I think him and Fernandez are going to have something going on on the pitch. I think something's going to happen between them, whether that comes down to a penalty or just general poor performance. I think Bruno is very hot-headed that Ronaldo's going to do something or he's going to try to do too much and it's going to anger Bruno Fernandez. And I I feel like it's going to mar their group. Uruguay, for me, I think is going to go through as winners in that group. You can never rule out the Black Stars, Ghana, like, to be honest. Um, I've always had a little bit of, like, a soft spot for Ghana since the, the Subi Mantari days and the Jan Asamoah days. Um, however, like, they've got, some, they've got some young talent in that side who could cause 
a little bit of an issue for other teams. And I think, you know, it's going into the unknown a lot for the, for Ghana. And Naki Williams, you know, he's been brilliant for Bilbao every season. I think as far as his fitness goes, he's one of the fittest players in the world. Um, Mohamed Kudus as well. He's going to surprise a lot of people. He, he's got ability at Ajax. Um, I feel like he could cause potential issues. Um, Thomas Party, let's not rule out, you know, as long as he stays fit, he's one of the best centre midfielders in the world as far as a holding midfielder goes. Um, not many people know much about the back four and maybe that's where teams might take them a little bit easier. Um, I don't personally know much about the back four. I know Tarek Lamptey has decided to play for Ghana and I think he's been capped a couple of times by them and I think he's there as well. So he's got rapid ability as well. Korea, I don't think Korea's been the same team since, again, going back to Gus Hiddick, got a bit of an affinity with him. He did a brilliant job with Korea, just like he did with Australia. I think Hoi-Min Sun hasn't been in the greatest form this season. He has had some good games, but he does generally tend to show for Korea because he is, you know, he's a big fish in, in a very small pond when he plays for them. I think he'll go out bottom. And I can see Uruguay and Ghana. I think Korea will go out bottom, yeah. And I can see Uruguay and Ghana going through because I just have this vision that something's going to happen with Portugal. It's it's not the easiest of, of preparations, Dan, is it, with what Ronaldo's done? Um, you know, him doing that. And they're going to come up against, you know, as, as, as we said, you know, you know, Uruguay with Luis Suarez and Enzo Gavani, you know, combined age of 70, um, but still know how to put the ball in the battle in there. And if, you, and if your team cohesion isn't quite there, especially the World Cup where three hungry sides are against you, you are going to struggle. I think Gary's maybe onto something where they could struggle to go up just because of what's happened with uh, with Ronaldo. 100%. Gary's got to hit the nail on the head again. He's on fire today, isn't he? Honestly, someone get some water and put him out. Um, <laughs> you know, we've seen it over the years, how Ronaldo, even if he's not playing, he's up, on the, he's up in the technical area, you know, shouting orders out left, right and centre while the manager stood there with his arms folded. No one's going to listen to Ronaldo now. People are going to think, listen, you aren't Mr Portugal. You are not Mr Manchester United. Right now, of all places you could have gone to do an interview, you went and spoke to Piers Morgan. Well done, you. Um, I mean, again, another reason why I don't see Portugal doing well is because half of the squad plays for Wolves and look at how they're doing this season. Um... It's a very good so, point, that, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does come down to cohesion with Portugal. Gary's got a very, very, very uh, valid point. Ghana, you know, I know you, Gary was saying about the back four. You've got Daniel Amati, who's sort of come into his own a little bit at Leicester um, and did really, really well against Manchester City when they narrowly lost 1-0. Yeah. Um, Abdul Rama Barber, I think he's, I don't know whether he's permanently at Reading now, but he was in Chelsea's youth ranks up until recently. Mohamed Salisu at Southampton. So um, they have got a, a few, you know, Andre, Andre Ayu, Jordan Ayu, the, you know, players that are have got that experience and that, that could help them. Uruguay, though, Uruguay. Um, again, similar to Argentina, Jesus can't. You can't not look at their squad and be a little bit like the togetherness that they will have looking at this group, thinking right, Portugal are on a downslide. Yeah. But Anna have got aging players. Korea for me, if you keep if you keep Hongmin Sung quiet, 
it takes care of itself. Um, I, I really do think you're, it's, again, Gary, you're spot on. Um, I'm going to get tired of saying it. It's just rolling <laughs> up the top. You're quite top and, yeah, gone a second. Can't fault his, uh, his predictions. It, it, it is it is, it is, a good thing, to be fair. Um, you know, Gary's going to want you back on every week, Dan, because you've just <laughs> took nothing but praising for the last hour. So. <laughs> my guy, but, my guy. <laughs> what we'll do is um, all three of us will just name our top two from every group. So we'll start with Group A. Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands. So who's your winner and who's your winner for that one? Uh, I'm going to say Netherlands win it, Senegal second. Yeah, Gary? Same, Netherlands and Senegal. Yeah, that is a clean sweep because I think it'll be the same as well. Uh, group B, Gary, we'll start with you. Um, England, Iran, United States and Wales. England and USA. Right, Dan? England and Iran. Uh, I'm oh, completely different. I'm going to say I think England will top the group and I'm going to say the Welsh will get through as Ooh, second place. Contrasting uh, opinions there. I like it. I yeah, like I it. like that. That's better. We don't, we don't have to agree with each other all the time, do we? Group C, I'll start with this one. Um, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. Um, I think Argentina will go up and I've been torn between Mexico and Poland. I would just say Poland. Uh, Gary, we'll, we'll go to you next. I'm going to say Poland and Argentina. This is one of the bold, bold predictions I'm going to make. Yeah. I think they might start slow in the first game and, you know, get the wheels. And I think if Poland start the way I think they will, Lewandowski coming off, you know, back of really good form over the last 18, 20 months, I can see them topping the group. But there's something in my head telling us, let's not rule out Mexico. We can see Mexico going through and, you know, maybe getting to the quarters, but... I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I'm going to say Poland and Argentina. No worries, Dan. I'm with you on Argentina and Poland. What's on? Uh, group D. Um, Dan, we'll start with you. It's France, Australia, Denmark and Tunisia. You know, I'm going to say Denmark top the group and France in second. Gary? I'm going to say France top of the group, Denmark second. However, I would not be surprised by Dan's prediction there at all if Denmark did top the group. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to agree with you, Gary, on that. I think it could be. It, it's just massive. I, I really, really... They play each other in the second game, um, which I think Saturday the 26th, which I think is going to be one of the games of the first round. Really looking forward to that. I think they'll both qualify. Uh, both qualify probably with, you know, one, one of them will have nine points, two of them will have six. Do you know what I mean? I think they'll beat the other teams comfortably. Um, Gary, sticking with you with Group E. Uh, <laughs> as much as we, we're both from Costa Rica to get up there, we're going to go Spain, Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. Costa Rica to finish the group top. No, I'm, jo I'm joking. I'm joking. That's obviously me just, you know... Have my type dream. Uh, I think Germany's going to finish the group top. Um, I think they're looking, you know, a, di a different kind of force. I think Hansi Flick's finding his way with them. Um, like I said, I think they'll go all the way at the final. Um, I think Spain will finish second. But I feel, and this is a weird prediction, Spain may only finish second on goal difference. All right, Dan? Again, um, I'm going to say Germany top it. Similar reasons, Hansi Flick's got him playing. And I do think Spain may crumble and Japan may get sneak it. Um, again, again, I'm just going to say Germany and Spain, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm with, with the Japan thing. I think Japan will be the surprise 
in our group. I really want, obviously, just with, just with Joey playing for Costa Rica, I just really, really want to see Joey play well. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go on the experience of Germany and Spain with that one. Um, I'll do Group F, um, which, to be fair, we've had different opinions about all of it. So, but Belgium, Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Um, Belgium, I think, will top it. And I think, Dan, you won me over with Morocco. So I'm going to have them too. And Dan will uh, we'll go with you. I like all the same sentiment, mate. That's spawn, Gary. I'm gonna go Belgium as top and like I say, Canada. I think no one knows anything about Canada and I think the crazy I think the gaffer likes to play Canada like as if he's playing FIFA. He puts Davies up front every now and then. This is a guy who plays left back uh, for Bayern Munich. The team's crazy, and I think you know he's gonna. The team's gonna surprise people, and they're not gonna know how to handle them. And I do think they're gonna finish second. Only just, I think maybe there might be a point in it. Um, sneak through in the last game, but there's something telling me they might get through. Spawn. I'm writing all these down, by the way. So there's there's some there's some groups which we are very very different on, and this is one of them. But uh, <laughs> Dan will go back here with Group G: Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Again, it's what we all said earlier. I think Brazil will do top it, and it's a toss-up between Serbia and the Swiss. Um, I had too, many, too much chocolate the other day, and it upset my stomach, so <laughs> I'm going Serbia. No bother, Gary. Uh, I'm going to go Brazil top the group. I think that that's going to be clean sweep. I think it's going to be three wins and three for them, and I think the Serbs will get through as second. Um yeah, second Serb, Serbia. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brazil and Switzerland just because of Mitrovic's potential fitness going at the tournament. He's got an angle injury, and I just think if he's not playing for them, then they're gonna struggle. Whereas I think the Swiss have just got a, a little bit more now about them, where they can now go deep into tournaments. So I'm just gonna side with Switzerland. But again, I think that's a good group. Um, finally, Gary, we'll start with you. Um, again, another group we all had different opinions on. So Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. So I want to start with Portugal. Portugal have a lot of ability in that team. They do. There's, there's no doubt in that they do. They're a fantastic side. The Ronaldo thing, though, for me, is just going to mar it. I mean, I saw on Sky Sports one of the presenters talking about how Man United won at the weekend and all of a sudden Man United's victory became the Ronaldo show. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing because the media are going to want to know what Ronaldo's going to say tonight in his second part interview. And they're going to want to know what the aftermath's going to be. And I think that that's going to affect the team. The team don't look like they want much to do with them. So I think that's going to maybe cost them their 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 qualification from the group. And I feel like Ghana and Uruguay are going to take advantage of that. I'm going to say... Uruguay is going to go through top with Ghana second. No problem, Dan. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of since we spoke about the groups, I am a little bit backtracking on Portugal uh, again to what Gary said that, that there is that class in there, and if they do have to dig deep and sort of just be like, right, let's put the let's put what's happened behind us sort of at the moment. Just you know, we're we're here as a nation. Let's go out and do our best. We can deal with the flack afterwards. Um, I'm going to say they sneak in second Portugal with Uruguay topping. But, yeah, Portugal just, literally just, could be another, like Gary said, um, goal difference situation. 
Yeah, and, and Portugal play Korea um, the last game. So they've got Ghana first and then Uruguay second. So they could probably afford to maybe drop points to Uruguay and then beat Korea on the last the last game. I I just don't know. I do think it'll be Portugal and Uruguay. I think Uruguay top the group, Portugal second. I just I'm agreeing with what Dan's saying. I think they'll just get it. Look, it's for it's for two two or three weeks. Get it out of the way. You don't have to speak to him again once once to get on to them. Like Bruno, unfortunately, has to do plays with him, but like, and they just get it out of the way, do it for the country other, other than the other than the personality. To be honest, so um, yeah, again another one where we've got different opinions. So got some really really interesting uh, picks there, lads. I'm I'm looking forward to you know maybe having a little bit of a a, a chat about that once once the group stage is over. But we'll finish off tonight um, as always with Ballum and Ballick. Um, I'm very confident, Dan. That your baller is going to be a certain Lancashire side. Hey, yeah, of course, why not? Um, for many, many years, you know, parents have been saying, "Oh, we've not beat Blackburn in thirty odd years," you know. And mm-hmm. when it happened with uh, Ings and Jason Shackle at Ewood Park, being there, seeing grown men cry, just made you realise how how much football meant. So to sort of in a way, reciprocate, not maybe so much the 5-0 defeat that they inflicted on us, but um, to get three against them and they'd be very poor. Yeah, I've got I've got to give it for that. It was the whole day as well that, uh, you know, I must say as well that Blackburn, and I am calling them by the, the proper name this time, <laughs> um, were, you know, I think they deserve a bit of respect because as well, the fact that it was Remembrance Sunday, you know, there were hardly any trouble. And uh, it w- so, yeah, I think that's another reason to put it as bowlers as well. Yep, fair play. Fair play. Um, and a special mention to Ashley Barnes as well for his shit in pushing the goalkeeper yep. over after the first goal. I thought it was brilliant. Um, Gary, who's your baller of the week? I'm going to go with Garnacho for Man United. I think, you know, he came on, changed the game, won the game in the last minute for Man United. Um, the kid has ability. Um, it's clear to see. I mean, Argentina won it. Uh, they called them to the national team, I think, at the beginning of this year. Um, the idea behind it was to cap them so Spain can't cap them. However, they haven't capped them yet. Um, so he's still kind of free game for Spain and Argentina. But you can see the lad's got ability. He ain't going to be another Federico Macheda. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really good talent. And I think he's he's got the right gaffer in Ten Hag who's going to be able to unearth his abilities due to, you know, what what he's done at Ajax with the the academy prospects and stuff, um, I think he you know he's he's got a great future ahead of him. Yeah, I really like Man United at the minute as well. I must admit they're, they're getting fun to watch again, which is which is good. It's what it's what you want in the Premier League, you know. Um, but mine is I'm I'm changing sports. Um, it's obviously the England cricket team for winning the uh, 2020 World Cup, but especially um, I've got a joint one. I don't know if that's allowed. If it's not, if I am, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm posting. I'm, it's allowed. It's joint between Ben Stokes and Sam Curran. Uh, obviously, Ben Stokes for that wonderful knock. If there was going to be someone to get them over the line, it was going to be Ben Stokes. But Sam Curran took three for 12, and he's a fast bowler. That in any stats is a good, is a bloody good stat. But in 2020, when people are just you know swinging the leather, you know what I mean. That is. It was match winning, so um, fair play to both of them. If I was going to pick one of them, it would be Ben Stokes. But you know, the, the pair of them were, were absolutely amazing and well done to, to you know England for winning that. They're the only um, men's cricket side to be the current 
2020 champions and 50 over champions. So fair play to them. You know, deserve a lot of credit. We'll we'll go to Ball Lake. I'm fairly confident though it's going to be the very first time we're all unanimous in Ball Lake of the week. Is it is it Ronaldo, guys, or has someone else got something else to say? Uh, I've got someone different. How are So. Well, effectively, this happened late last week because of the time that we record it. I thought, you know, he's he's still within our time realm. So, Sepp Blatter, for saying that the World Cup shouldn't be in Qatar, he's effectively just confirmed <laughs> that FIFA is corrupt. <laughs> and then decided I'll slag it. Uh, he's effectively confirmed it's corrupt, really, hasn't he? So... Fair play, fair play, yeah. Dan, I, I, I mean, do you, do you want to go Ronaldo or do you want to try to change, change, go for someone else? Sort of keep it similar to that, but I'm going to say Piers Morgan. I think you could sort of put him in both categories, to be honest, because he's not just happy at the fact that Arsenal are top of the league, he sort of has to make, you know, ruin Manchester United with an interview as well. So <laughs> Never thought about um, it that way, like, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give it Piers. I'm going to give it Piers Morgan just for being a bit of a a shit house. Just for being Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now to say Ronaldo then. Uh, you know, being you know the professional I is to do that. I just think's wrong. And I really hope my I really hope my next sack him. I hope I'm going to find a way where they can sack him without having to pay him a handsome amount of money. You know, I really do hope to find some breach of contract or something like that where they they don't have to fork out. For, for him for him doing that, you know what I mean? And and for it to come off the back of, of like I say, you know, I think United are really starting to turn a corner in the Ten Hag. I think he's been excellent for them. And for him to come out and say that he's got no respect for the manager, I, I just think it's wrong. And I just, you know, I think he's tarnished his legacy as a Man United player and as a footballer, you know, we all love him. You know, we all, you know, you know, there's the argument between him and Messi. He's one of the best players of our generation, one of the best players ever to play the game. But... You've you've probably let yourself down here, mate. You really have, and um, yeah, I just think it, it just left a really sour taste. I'm not even my night. If I'm just left a horrible taste in my mouth, you do uh, it at the end of your career, don't you? You do it at the end of your career. Say, listen, I had, there were a bit, there were a few troubles there. I didn't really get on with this man or whatever, but not while you are currently employed by that. That's like literally walking into the office and just going, right, you're an arse. I don't want to speak to you again. Um, you've got issues and. Uh, I'll get back to my job, shall I? And they'll be like, nah, mate, get your stuff. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the training ground the day he comes back? It's just going to be so, like, it's going to be really, really hard, I think. And it's, I just don't think, I think any player doing that, it, it, you know, there should be somewhere where Man United just say, right, that's a preacher you can't wrap, you go, we're not paying you can't wrap off, you know. And he's, he's going to be, you know, a very wealthy man anyway, obviously, but... I just don't see why United should have to, you know, pay that amount of money to probably, you know, breach him. But he'll be gone in January and we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll have forgotten about it. But I just think it's a it's horrible, horrible thing to do. And it kind of sums up footballers now, I think, you know, Dan and Gary. I really think it just it sums up how kind of pampered they are. You know, you, you wouldn't imagine this happening, you know, even back in the 90s. Um, you know, Alan Shearer or someone like that doing that because they were proper pros. And it's, it, yeah, it's just, ugh. Anyway, <laughs> um, well, you've got people that 18, 19 were scrubbing professional footballers' boots, yeah. were still on a couple of hundred quid here and there. Now, ever since the likes of probably around the years of Banford coming through at Chelsea and things like that, that's where it's sort of money is just influctuated and you see them driving around in sports cars before they've even wore a first-team shirt. Um 
it's it, it, everything is handed to them on a plate and they don't really... Callum Hudson and Doyle, let's put it that way, media harps, England team, all of a sudden drops off the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it just is a real and obviously you know being you know a Sunderland fan coming from you know and you you're the same coming from a proper you know working man's club and it just has it has left a real sour taste in my mouth. But um, we'll leave it at that. Obviously, um, you know I've mentioned at the top of the show, uh, massive congratulations her game two for their um, their win last night at FTS and also a big one who wrote a reporter I also work for so. Uh, they also won a gold award. So congratulations to you both. Both very well deserved. And um, we'll be back next week where we are going to talk about Durham. Um, yeah, which uh, is a really sore subject, but looks as if that their ownership might finally be starting to turn and they might get the club back. So it's a very, it'll be a very, very interesting conversation. We're going to get George back and uh, try and get another guest on for that. Um, yeah, Dan, as always, may have been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll get you back at some point as well. I definitely really appreciate it. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Uh, absolutely love tuning in and listening, so keep it up. And Thank make sure uh, all of our listeners go in and check out Dan's YouTube channel. Check him out on his socials as well. He's really good with his graphics as well, from what I've seen on uh, all of his socials. Oh, Which yeah, Gary, you were amazed by it, not you? Oh, yeah. proper. Yeah. This or yeah. that. <laughs> I echo that, by the way. If, if any football fan or Burnley fan, especially Burnley fans, wants a Burnley podcast, Dan's is the absolute... Joy, it's brilliant content, absolutely. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's plug it down while we're here as well. Uh, Gary, as always, thank you very much. No worries, man. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure, Dan. Cheers for coming on. Really appreciate it. And we will um, see you guys next week. Uh, Up until uh, until then, enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy Qatar versus Ecuador on Sunday. Um, Hopefully, England get us off to a a winning start when we're next chatting. Um, Everyone, take care of yourselves. Look after each other and stay safe. Take care. Bye bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.